You're listening to Five Things with Lisa Birnbach. Hi, it's me again, Lisa Birnbach. You just can't get rid of me. And what a week, what a week, what a week. I don't even want to talk about this week. You know, this week was so difficult that I rewrote this little blog, this little, you know, simple blog. I wrote it about 14 times before I could commit to anything. That's the kind of week it's been. But you know what? Perspective, a breath, uh, a downward dog, a hot dog, whatever it takes, we just we just get through it. Now, I have to say, before I tell you my five things, that this is a new kind of broadcast for us because here at headquarters, we have decided to invite guests to participate in the exercise of the five things. And our first guest is is with us today. It is the writer Ellen Hildebrand, and she will be on the show in a little bit to discuss her writing, Living on Nantucket, and to also share her five things in a very personal way, as one tends to be when one shares five things. Okay, here are mine. Number one, Alex Katz, the artist. Now, a friend of mine once said, you know, Lisa, you need to make time for beauty in your life. And I said, oh, that's very nice. I didn't even know whether it was condescending or not when it it was said to me. But I do try to remind myself of beauty and art and art, beauty and nature and so on. But um, I just read an article about Alex Katz. He is my favorite living painter. He's 91 years old, lives in New York, was born in Brooklyn. He is still painting. His colors are vivid. His canvases are mostly very happy. He's very famous for his portraits, many of them of his wife, Ada. Um, I once saw him on the street. I was starstruck. I wanted to go up to him and say, what, I love your paintings? It just seems so bleh, so I didn't do it. I regret it. If you if you know his work, think of me when you see it. If you don't know his work, look it up, Alex Katz. And also, if you ever have the chance to see a gallery show or retrospective wherever you live, go to it. Um, number two, people on the internet reminded me this week that uh, the official Preppy Handbook uh, was born really 38 years ago. 38 years ago. Could I be that old? Oh my. But look, it was a game changer for me, a life changer for me. And for a lot of people who were wearing Huckaboo shirts, I'm happy to say it was a life changer for them. Number three, the music of Stevie Wonder. Isn't he wonderful? I mean, his music has has joy, has rhythm, has hooks that you never forget. His album, Songs in the Key of Life, was a go-to for an entire year of college. I must have played the song Sir Duke about 25,000 times, conservatively. I've taught his music to my children. I've seen him in concert. I love how he makes fun of himself. I have put on the link, the link to, on our website, uh, his carpool karaoke with James Corden, which is really great. 
Of course, he pretends he's driving James Corden around. So I love his self-deprecating humor. I love his music. Um, and the joy of music, as we've talked about before on this on this podcast, is something that is quite sustaining. Number four, it's corduroy season. Yep, I'm wearing corduroy for the first time today since the since last, I guess, spring, and I'm very happy about it. It's cozier than cotton, but it is cotton. There are different kinds of corduroy. The preppiest is the wide whale. It's big enough to support, let's say, um, a crab applique or a martini glass applique. I don't wear those. I'm wearing medium whale corduroy pants in black, and I love them. There's also fine whale that's thinner and looks more like thinner corduroy, I guess. Uh, it's it's corduroy time. It's sweater weather. That's what it is, although it's going up to 80, I hear, this weekend. So, so much for that. And number five, Robert Mueller. Was that a surprise? I don't think so. And now for something different, our first guest. Every podcast needs a guest. I can't just talk into my hairbrush all the time by myself. I know what I think. But I don't know how Ellen Hildebrand thinks. And Ellen Hildebrand, whom I've never met, is the author of 22 books. And we will be calling her in a car on her way to visiting her son at college. Because, hey, why not? She's a multitasker, and so am I. And here comes Ellen Hildebrand and her five things that make her life better. So Ellen and I have never met before. We've we've met virtually through uh, Twitter. And I was hoping that we could talk about life as a writer with three kids apiece. And also we could talk about um, our five favorite things. I have to say that um, I've been in Nantucket a couple of times in the last few summers. And as I was reading The Perfect Couple, it reminded me so vividly of the little town that I visited. For example, there are what, 78 weddings on a typical September weekend on your little yeah. island? I think yeah. I heard from a cab driver, 78 in a weekend. That means that That's their weddings, that means churches are just, come on in, get on out, come on in, get on out. What does that mean? People are getting married at the whaling museum, too, and at the ice cream store? Not a bad idea, outside. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, some are getting married outside on the beach. It's a lot. That's a lot of weddings. It's a lot of weddings. And, of course, your novel is set at a wedding. And I I felt both that it was very real, or the almost wedding, and I don't want to give it away. And I also right. felt kind of hurt that I wasn't invited to the wedding, which is, you know, just a bad a bad comment on my own insecurity. But um, <laughs> that was book 22, The Perfect Couple. And this week, you have yet another book coming out, which means two in one year, which really, really, with three kids, I just don't get it. But Winter in Paradise is coming out on Tuesday, right? It's coming out on Tuesday, um, and that is the start. I had, my publisher had asked me to do a Christmas, well, initially it started out as a trilogy, and then they really wanted a fourth book, so I did a Christmas series. That is now over. I sort of finagled this a new book deal for for a trilogy set down in the Caribbean 
because I feel like people crave the escapism of a beach book year-round. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to try doing like a winter beach book, which is essentially what I've done. So I have the first book of a trilogy, which means it has no ending. Um, and that comes out on Tuesday. That's so cool. I, I mean, you know, I think from listening to the podcast that I am a beachaholic. And yeah. I think that reading about things that happen on the beach is almost as good as being on the beach if you love it enough and you have a good imagination. And Absolutely. And it also gives a little bit of summer or, in this case, like Caribbean escapism to people who can't have it. And that's always what I'm thinking when I'm writing is, you know, you want to provide you want to provide the out, especially in this day and age for people just to get away. I, I totally agree. Now, I want to ask you, segueing into this day and age, what do you feel about nice people being angry? How do nice people like us show our anger uh, or our concern or, you know, not the beautiful side of us? Uh, <laughs> that came out sort of funny. Right. In an era that is so divided and polarized and where there's so much uh, um, uh, opinion and and anger on both sides. It's kind of hard to be sort of the preppy or, you know, Nantucket-y <laughs> person and, and wear your pearls, but also be pissed off at a lot of things. Exactly. So I had a moment today. Um, I only generally only vent my political views on Twitter. So I'm also on Facebook and Instagram, and, and Instagram is my favorite of the three. It's very hard to be angry on Instagram. Um, so that's pictures of my children. That's pictures of me, you know, in my writing space. That's pictures of me. I, I, I wear different out, like I put my fashion choices on. That's all for Instagram. Um, and Twitter is has become so almost solely political. Um, and, and I didn't used to vent my political opinions because I would have my red state readers come on saying, please don't, don't talk about it. And then it was this spring, I believe, that I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm a citizen just like everybody else. I'm going to air my opinions. And the New York Times picked up on it. And then the little sidelight in the uh, book review, they <laughs> talked about how, you know, I finally have started talking about my politics. However, today, today, obviously very upsetting. And I had written all these really angry tweets. And I deleted them all, and I instead put a tweet up just about, I don't know, an hour or two ago that really praised my parents. I'm a boy-girl twin, and it praised my parents for treating me exactly the same way that they treated my brother and always believing in me and giving me every single opportunity to succeed. And so I, I really strove to turn my anger into some gratitude. Well, that brings us to, that's perfect, actually. That's a brilliant way to handle the the emotion of what's going on in Washington. And that leads us to your five things that make your life better. That's a perfect segue. Thank you for that. And um, you did give me the list ahead of time, but you you have every option to change it. Um, would you like um, to... I will... I I was very proud of my list because, you know, I am sort of a a summer persona, and yet I do not cease to exist when the fall comes. I feel (laughs) melancholy. I'm sure you do, too, Lisa. Yes. um, You know, you feel sad on Labor Day weekend. It's sort of like it's Sunday, like it's Sunday night. Number one is candlelight. And I write write my novels longhand. 
And as, who as doesn't write twenty-two novels? That no, I don't. I mean, a lot of <laughs> Barbara Cartland wrote her novels in longhand, and Jackie yeah. Collins wrote her novels in longhand, and I think Edith Wharton probably wrote her novels in longhand. I'm sure she did. Exactly. I'm sure she did. So I, and so tandling the Edith Wharton idea, I I, um, I rent an apartment in November and December in Boston in Beacon Hill, mm-hmm. and that's where I do my revisions. And it was while I was in Boston, you, you know, in Beacon Hill, which is sort of an older part of town, and I started doing my revisions. By, it got, you know, it gets dark in November in Boston at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and uh, I started writing, doing my revisions by candlelight, and I felt very sort of... De- you know, like Emily Dickinson or, or Edith Wharton. And wow. so I continue to do that in the fall and winter. I do, you know, after the sun gets to a certain point, right around three or four o'clock, I light the candles and I do my work by candlelight. And I feel like um, it gives it gives me it gives me inspiration. It makes me feel cozy. It makes me feel um, just romantic almost. So I, I love candlelight. Now I I get it. That's that's a great uh, a great item. I just have to ask: scented or not scented? Not scented. That not was the scented. correct answer, actually. Yeah. I know. <laughs> not scented. Okay, number two. Number two is college football. Um, yeah. I am on my way, as you mentioned, down to see my son at college. He goes to the University of South Carolina. He's a freshman, and so I have been sort of newly introduced to the phenomenon of, of college football and SEC football, which is the epitome of all college football. Oh, right. The Southern um, Conference or Securities and Exchange. Does the Securities and Exchange Commission also play football? No, that was I a know, little right? joke. It is, yeah. it is SEC. So University of South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, all of those schools in this enormous Miss, tradition. Yeah. The tailgating tradition, of course, the most important thing. Most important. And, um, so I'm going to my very first SEC kit tailgate tomorrow, which turns out to be tomorrow morning because kickoff is at noon. Yeah. So tomorrow morning, and I'm I'm grateful because I feel like that will be a good a good distraction from our present. Yeah, there. no, that'll be cool, and um, we expect to. I'd love to see a picture. I'll look for you on Instagram uh, of you at the tailgate with the candelabra and the um, and the <laughs> tablecloth. Okay, number exactly, th- which is how they do it, and and in Virginia they dress up for football. By the way, correct, and Mississippi right. also. So yeah. Mississippi, the Grove, I believe they call it, University of Mississippi. That is like yes, like the top top. Exactly. Okay, number three. Number three was, what was number three? Your bar class. My bar class, yes. So my bar class. So I do go jogging every day. And after I go jogging, and I really should call it jogging because I go very, very slowly. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I do not like to call it a walk because it's a little bit, a little bit faster than a walk, um, is my bar class. And bar, B-A-R-R-E, is uh, an it's an exercise class, and it's a lot of stretching, and it's very, very challenging, extremely difficult, much more difficult than you would think when you say the word ballet. Um, but it gets the job done, and so I'm grateful for my bar class. Now, two questions. Do you write yeah. with your – do you bring your notebook to bar class and write while you're stretching? The answer to that is no, but I, do, I always get ideas in bar class and also while I'm – jogging slash jogging because I think when your blood flows 
you get more creative. I agree. I totally agree. I think I took a bar class once and couldn't walk for two days, but and Correct. I couldn't write for two days either, but that's a whole other <laughs> thing. Okay, number four for you is an interesting is one. Cancer. Yes. Right. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So right. I am a four-year breast cancer survivor, and I think that a lot of people, you know, I'm not going to get into the whole story. That's another podcast probably, but I, I, I think that people believe that cancer takes away something, takes, takes something from you, and I would argue now that I've been through it that it also gives you something and what it gives you is an enormous community of women, um, strong women who have survived and October is now our time to celebrate those incredibly strong women and in my case to sort of speak and do some fundraising to raise money for research so that, you know, we can someday eradicate the disease. Well, I'm I'm all for that. I do pay attention to the fact that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and most women I know are sadly only focused on breast cancer, not the other things that, that are also right. that are also out there. But um, I I see how uh, for sure it makes you appreciate what you have, and certainly the community of fellow survivors is fantastic. And number five. And number five, I will never forget. Number five is sandwiches. <laughs> so I'm a pretty enthusiastic at-home cook. You like fried chicken. So yep. fried chicken is basically your kryptonite. And it's my I kryptonite, yeah. sandwiches. Well, that's... You put anything, yeah. anything between two pieces of bread, and I absolutely love it. Now, the question is, is it the bread or is it the stuff between the bread that is the true pleasure. I'm going to say it's the I, bread. <laughs> you think it's the bread? I don't yeah. know. I mean, bread makes or breaks it. I've become really fond of these brioche rolls that I can now get at the Nantucket grocery store that are very soft because I like soft bread um, even if I toast it. Like, I like it. I, very chewy bread gives me a hard time. But um, tuna fish is my very favorite, which is probably not that popular. It's my very favorite. I love it. BLTs. I'm pretty classic. BLTs, any kind of club sandwich, and the Reuben. I mean, I could basically live the rest of my life with those those four sandwiches. Well, I, and I, I'm grateful for them. I know, me too. And I'm grateful that somebody like you, who is so accomplished and so busy and so active, eats a sandwich. That just makes me feel good. I don't know. It makes me feel good about <laughs> life, Ellen. So okay, I, good. So I wish you a fantastic visiting weekend with your son. I um, urge our listeners to check you out if they haven't. And on our website on lisabernbach.com, we have links to buy your books, Ellen. But I'm putting them with independent bookstores. So you'll see that people can order them from Powell's in Oregon or The Strand in New York and maybe a few others because that's also the fun of buying a book is supporting those stores. Absolutely. Thank I you. I completely agree. Well, thank you. And I and I can't wait to meet you someday. Where when I know. Well, next time I'm in New York, I will give you I will shoot you a text and we will have we'll go have a drink. Okay. Thank you awesome. so much for Thanks, being our Lisa. very first guest. <laughs> okay, great. Bye-bye. Ellen Hildebrand. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's it for this week. Stay calm and act natural. That was Five Things with Lisa Bernbach. New episodes every Friday, if she remembers.